This morning I'm going to begin in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. John, chapter 6. John 6.22 Now this is after Jesus is walking on the water. John 6.22 On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there, except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone, however, their other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, or Master, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Surely I say to you, you seek me not because of the sign, you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of God, or Son of Man, I'm sorry, will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they said to him, What shall we do that we may do the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. This uh, passage that Jesus is, talks about here, what he talks about here, is extremely powerful to the Christian to embrace and to understand the Christian life and salvation and what it's all about. You know, he gave them a different answer than he gave the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler he read last week said, what my, my good teacher, what must I do to, re, to enter the kingdom of God, eternal life? However he put that. And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. And he started going on talking about the commandments and the law. Because therein the man had his confidence. He was a keeper of the law. And so he said, well, there's one more thing you got to do. <laughs> As we talked about last week or the week before, whenever it was, you got to get rid of everything and come and follow me. Now, G now Jesus, to him, he referred to him as a good teacher. But it doesn't sound like, when he referred to him as a good teacher, it doesn't sound like he recognized him as God. God the Son. Son of God standing in front of him. Because he didn't see that in the law. Sell everything you have. Abraham wasn't told to do that. 
Nobody was told to do that. I can remember in the Old Testament, in the book of the law, certainly wasn't commanded in the book of the law, sell all you have and give to the poor, and come follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. But Jesus' teaching, His teaching of the new covenant. And so, when they asked Him, when the, the crowd asked Him, and He told them, don't labor for food that perishes, but labor for the food which endures to eternal life. And he goes on, there's this famous passage where he talks about, I am the bread of life. He talked about him being the food, the spiritual food, the food that gives life to our spirit. Whoever comes to me, he says, I will give him this food and this drink. Food for the soul, for the spirit. It gives life. He gives life to the soul, to the spirit. We come to him. And so after that, they ask him, well, what do we do to do the works of God? But he gave them a very different answer than he gave the rich young ruler. He said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That's the work of God. And everything. this is the foundation of everything that comes after that. This is the foundation that we believe, that we believe on Him who the Father has sent. This is the foundation of our Christian life. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, or everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. God's judgment remains upon him. He does not believe in the Son. And in 1 John it says the reason is because that they don't believe the record that God gave concerning His own Son. Gospel. The message of the Gospel. They don't believe it. And that's why judgment comes upon them. This is the work of God to believe on Him who He has sent. This is how salvation comes about. So, wait, there's all these commandments in the New Testament and everything. Yes, that's true. There's the pursuit of holiness. Pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Love one another. It just goes on. There's so many things that are commanded us in the New Testament. But Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He has sent. Everything else is built on this. And so, we come into eternal life. We are born of the Spirit through faith in Jesus. We're born of the Spirit. And we rejoice in that. But we see many, when people are converted to Christ, there's a, many times there's this, what they call, in Christendom, they call it the honeymoon period in evangelical Christendom, where everything is great and wonderful, God is real, and the newness of it, and the novelty of it and everything is just so great, and there's this surge of euphoria, and, and I experienced that too. God is real, the gospel is real, you know, I didn't believe before, I see it's true now, and it's just you're just riding on this high. 
But for many of us, most of us, if not all of us, that honeymoon period does not continue. And what happens is life happens. And challenges happen. Things that we do not expect happen. That come upon us. I remember as a young Christian, I had gotten victory. I was a single man living by myself. And I had gotten victory over my bad temper when I was at work, when I was around other unbelievers and things like that. And then I got married. <laughs> I had kids. And you know what? This is a whole new, new thing happened where people were living with me that were under my care and under my guidance, all the other stuff. And they weren't always listening to me. All those stuff, and it was like, and now I found this whole new challenges. I wasn't doing so good. Matter of fact, I was not doing too good at all. I had to give a lot of apologies to my wife and to my kids. Where did this come from? Well, it was always there. It's just that the certain things in life, <laughs> new challenges in life bring that out. Things that we didn't experience before. You know, so <clears throat> life happens. I could not figure out how to get control of my temper. And I began to realize what the problem was. The problem was I was not applying the same faith to areas of the Christian life and the Word of God as I was to the area of salvation. I believed in eternal life, the abundant life in heaven. But what about abundant life here and now? Because Jesus says, I have come to bring us life, bring you life and that more abundantly. And somehow, that abundant life that I was experiencing as a single man, you know, all these new trials and challenges faded away. Where did it go? I had applied faith to new areas of life that I had not been applying them to. That's what was happening. In the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament, a very obscure small book of prop, a prophet, prophetic book of the Old Testament, referred to by theologians as one of the minor prophets, it says something that's repeated three times in the New Testament. The just shall live by faith. It's <clears throat> repeated, referred to in Romans chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 3. And Hebrews chapter 10. But if you examine that, it talks about living by faith. Not just something that we believe a, we believe a doctrinal teaching about Jesus. Now, there's the word live in there. The just, those who have been justified 
by the blood of Jesus, you shall apply that word of God to his life and the way he lives. And that should become apparent and be evidenced in our life. And a witness to others, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and it should be a confirmation to us. If we're not living by faith, you can see the results very easily. A negative mindset about our challenges, our trials, our temptations, not overcoming things in our life, like a bad temper I was talking about. Living by faith in His promises. The promises of God are yes in Christ and amen to the glory of God. Putting faith in the things that God has said. He's promised us. God is not a liar. God is not a man that He should lie or the Son of Man that He should change His mind. We feel discouraged. We feel far from God. Because if we're not living by faith, we're living according to the flesh in some ways, in our mind. We have a carnal mind if we don't have a spiritual mind. If we're not living by faith in certain areas, we're walking in a carnal mind in those areas. Because faith and carnality are the opposites. Faith and unbelief. Unbelief is the carnal, part of the carnal mind. Carnal mind, it says, breeds death. Because there's no faith in it. God refers to the Israelites in the Old Testament. He says, there's a people that have no faith. And how do you know that? Look at the way they lived. They did not live by faith. They confessed the God of Israel. They acknowledged the God of Israel sometimes. They entrust them. God said they were stiff-necked. You ever think about what someone's stiff neck is? Someone is stubborn. You know, resistant. Think of a stiff someone who's stiff neck. They're very inflexible. A neck is supposed to be flexible, moving all different directions except backwards, you know? Supposed to be flexible, but someone's stiff. If you see somebody has a stiff neck, they're very inflexible. They're mobile. They're not willing to move away from their own understanding. Very inflexible. Very unwilling to see around them. It's the mindset of the flesh. Hard hearted. Hardness of heart. The book of Hebrews it says. That, people, that we can be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. Our hearts can be hardened by following, by following the flesh. You can't live by faith and walk in the flesh. You can't do it. Because they're opposed to one another. They're at war with one another. So we shouldn't listen to our human nature. 
We shouldn't listen to the, the desires of our body that are not right, but listen to God. Sin's deceitfulness. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, that loved me and gave himself for me. There's a lot of faith being, being um, spoken of and declared in that statement. There's a statement of faith. I am crucified with Christ. Dead in Christ. But yet I'm alive. I'm alive in Christ. These are the things we believe. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Living by faith. There's that word. Living by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He believes in the love of God towards him. We have to believe in God's love for us. God, the Apostle John says, we believe with the love that God has for us. We know and we believe the love that God has for us. It takes faith to believe that, that God loves us. We can declare everybody, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And I know that God loves me, but do we embrace that in our hearts? Do we believe that in our hearts? Or is our hearts hardened to that? That's part of living by faith. Believing His love for us. Believing He cares about us. Believing that my God shall supply all my needs. So we're not panicking. So we're not fearful of all our needs being met and, all, and, and God taking care of us. Do we believe that God is providing for us? Do we believe He loves us? That's part of living by faith. Do we ever really examine what it means when it says that we're called to live by faith? We believe in His guidance. But He didn't just drop us here and say, well, now you're, now you're one of my children and I'll see you at, at, on Judgment Day. I'll bring you up to heaven and good luck and I hope you make it. It's kind of that's the kind of Christianity I believe as a kid. You know? God was out there way out in the wild blue yonder somewhere. His throne was way out there. And, you know, I hope to get there someday. And if I have some good fortune and good luck, maybe I'll make it there. No assurance. No hope. No nothing. Just, you know, work at it. Try to make it there. Living by faith. Believing that God is at work in me. We talked about a couple weeks ago, and we read it on Wednesday in the men's meeting, about God's strength is perfected in our weakness. God, when we are weak, He is strong. He becomes strong in us. And all of our things that we bring to Him. That's faith. It takes faith to believe that God's going to make us strong. That we can become strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not our own might. It takes faith to believe that. We have to believe what God's saying there.
believing in His power. Not just in those days, but in these days. We are still living in Bible times. These are the prophetic days before the coming of Jesus that Jesus and the apostles and the prophets talked about. We're still living in Bible days. Believe in the power of God for us to overcome temptation, to overcome our flesh, to crucify the flesh, and to live by faith in the Son of God. To believe His Word that all these things are true and the, all the dynamics of being born of the Spirit and becoming a child of God and receiving Him and the Holy Spirit living inside of us, believing these things, and He's inside of us to empower us to live the Christian life. That the life of Jesus Christ may be manifested in our mortal body. Amen. To believe these things. Not just talk about them and preach them and study them in Bible studies and study them every night. But to put them in practice in our life. To, to walk believing these things. What does that life look like? You see Jesus and the apostles. You see what that life looks like. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, draw back from faith, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Remember, God is pleased when we believe him, though he will reward us for diligently seeking him. Pleases him, it says in Hebrews 11, chapter 1. I mean, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. That is impossible to please God unless we believe he will reward us for diligently seeking him. We must believe that. If any man draws back from that, my soul shall have no pleasure and no delight in him. says in Hebrews that what God has promised He is able to do. We must believe that. From there I'm going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Well, I did say 1 Timothy, didn't I? But I, let me see. Do I mean 1 Timothy? Uh, or... Um, hmm. Is it the all scriptures God Yeah, I seem to have lost my way. I think it's 2 Timothy. Chapter 3. It is. Sorry about that. Second <clears throat> uh, Timothy chapter 3. Beginning in verse 8. Okay. Um, now as Janes and Jambres resisted Moses, Moses, so do these 
also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress, progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, which persecutions I endured. And out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. And yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. <clears throat> I have heard many unbelievers say, oh, the Bible is just a book written by men. It's just an old book, you know. It's not, it's, you know, it's not from God and all those stuff. Well, they should read what the Bible says about itself, first of all. What the Apostle says here is that this is from God. And it puts right in the forefront, it says, the Holy Scriptures in verse 15, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. It makes us wise through faith to save us for eternal life and to live by faith, to live this Christian life in a victorious and meaningful way. Not getting beat up. Not dragging through the Christian life. And just being, you know, down and out and miserable and dry and, and empty and bare. In a dry desert in the wilderness. No. The abundant light. Here and now, in this life, is what Jesus offered. I am come to give you life, and that more abundantly. How does life happen? Through faith. We come to Him and believe on Him. And He gives life to us. And gives life to our path. He gives us light in our path. our life. Believing everything God says in His Word about our Christian life. It's the end of discouragement. It's the end of depression. It's the end of that black cloud that follows us. The light will shine through and the black, black clouds will disperse. If we believe what God says concerning each and every situation in our life, as opposed to what our natural mind and our natural reasoning says. 
and what our logic tells us, and when the people of this world tells us, and so on and so forth. The just shall live by faith. The last one is in Galatians 3. read from Galatians, I quoted from Galatians 2, but Galatians 3. Verse 11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. The rich young ruler, he trusted in his keeping of the commandments of God to be accepted by God. But it is evident, as it's written in the Old Testament, the just shall live by faith, and referred to in the New Testament here again. Brothers and sisters, the aim for today and what I'm sharing is for each of us to examine our life and to look into the different areas of our life to say, am I living by faith in these areas of my life that I'm struggling in? Or that I'm feeling down about? And that's where the challenge is. And, the, and if we find that there are those areas, it's because we're not putting our faith in the Word of God what the Word of God says about these things we're not feeling uh, that we're struggling with. In the areas that we're still sinning. In the areas we're still fighting against. That we're not being victorious. There is an answer to temptation. Those who have died with Christ have been freed from sin. But just like the Israelites, if we hear that without and not mix faith with what we've heard there, we're going to continue in sin. We don't believe that we're free from sin. We'll just follow our natural inclinations. So when we say, I can't stop doing this, It's because we're still doing it according, we're still looking at that according to the carnal mind. If we say, I can't stop losing my, I can't stop losing my temper, then we have not come to believe that we've been freed from sin. It takes faith to believe what God's Word says about sin. That we have been freed from it. So why are we still walking? He says, that's why Paul says, how can we live any longer that which we're freed from? But it's all a matter of believing, mixing faith with what we're hearing. And confessing our hardness of heart.
That's what I have today, brothers. I'm going to turn it over to you to comment on that or anything else you want to share. We have time for that, so...